0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Man in Tights podcast. I of course am your host Julian and I was going to record this one on Thursday evening, do all my editing and get it up for Friday, but decided to put it off for an extra day because, you know, been a long week for me work-wise and just exhausted, felt like I needed the, you know, I haven't been getting enough sleep lately so I wanted to get that Extra couple of hours of sleep in, and you know, just do it Friday night when I feel a little more energized. Since you know, I don't work on weekends, so yeah. And huh, I'm am I glad that I decided to put it off for an extra day because a lot of shit went on between Thursday and Friday that has given me a lot of good stuff to talk about. Ah, and as always, I will have the timestamps uh, in the description for you guys to, you know, skip around however you see fit, because I know not every topic that I'm going to be talking about on here is something that's going to be interesting to a lot of you. Uh, not that I don't even know how many of you are actually checking this shit out, but who gives a fuck? I'm doing it because I love it. (sighs) Um, I guess I'll kick things off with the wrestling part of this. Uh, so... This past Sunday, we had the Fastlane pay-per-view, and... Uh, I don't know, is it just me, or do the Fastlane pay-per-views just seem to suck every year? I mean, it—it I, I, f- I feel like that's what it is. It, is, it, is it just me? Or does Fastlane just... Like, do we even need Fastlane? Like, what's the purpose of it? Like, we had the Royal Rumble last Sunday of January. Great. Two, the three Sundays later, we had Elimination Chamber. And three Sundays after that, this this past Sunday, we had the Fastlane pay-per-view. And then we got four weeks until WrestleMania. Why do we need to, to do that? I mean, it would have been great to just have Royal Rumble, then Elimination Chamber, and then just go to WrestleMania. But, uh, it's it's WWE. They, uh, they love to just hammer the shit right into us you know down our throats like that whatever and I honestly didn't even see the first two matches on the paper I didn't see the the kickoff match with New Day and Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev which was a last minute edition I guess I don't know because it was originally supposed to be uh, Andrade versus Rey Mysterio in the kickoff, but that got changed into a Fatal 4 for the US title, put on to the main pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, I didn't see the New Day match, but they won. Cool. Uh, and then um, uh, we had the Usos and versus The Miz and Shane as the opening match. And I didn't see that match either. Uh, Actually, didn't get into the pay-per-view until about twenty minutes after it started, and I started watching. And yeah, I didn't want to have to start all over again, so I just picked it up from the live broadcast and started right just a little bit after the match ended. And I did go back and check it out the next day, and it was it was a pretty good match. But you know, everything that you know we remember from it is that Shane turned on the Miz, and it's a heel Shane McMahon and versus the babyface Miz that's going to be happening at WrestleMania. And so, I mean, we knew they were going to have a match eventually, but just we didn't know which one was going to be the face, which one was going to be the heel. And this time we got a babyface Miz and a heel Shane McMahon, which I believe is the first time we've had a real heel Shane McMahon since 2007. I could be wrong, but that's what I remember. It was during the McMahon versus Bobby Lashley feud. Um, I think, yeah, that was the last time that we had a real heel Shane McMahon. hey, anyway, we'll see how this goes. Uh, and hopefully it'll be a good build-up to their match at WrestleMania. <laughs> then, yeah, then we had the Asuka versus Mandy Rose, which... It was an okay match for what it was. It's There was no build-up to it, so honestly there was no reason for me to care about the match. Uh, although the... This match, they did start to plant the seeds, little by little, of dissension amongst Mandy Rose and Sonya DeVille. Um, and I guess more, more on that one, I get to SmackDown. Uh, and then we had The Bar in a handicap match versus Kofi Kingston, a, a surprise last-minute addition to the pay-per-view because uh, Kofi had a meeting with Vince McMahon, And they were demanding to make the WWE title match a triple threat match. Vince said, yes, it'll be a triple threat match. Then Toki said, Kofi, you you go out there. Your match starts right now. And Kofi went out there expecting the WWE title triple threat match. The ring announcer started to introduce And then he said, oh, I've just been informed that the WWE championship match will be taking place later tonight. Then they brought out the bar. And they, you know beat up Kofi, because Vince said that Big E and Xavier Woods were banned from ringside. And, yeah. Because, uh, you know, technically, Vince, he didn't say that Kofi's match was going to be the WWE t- title triple threat match. He just said, the WWE Championship is a triple threat. And he wasn't lying. <laughs> but Then we had the re- the Revival versus Aleister Black and Ricochet. And, and Bobby Roode and Chad Gable and it was a pretty good match it was basically this is a match that you know you would have seen on monday night raw and not really giving it a second thought uh, and then we had the oh yeah revival one yeah uh, and of oscar africa oscar won with in the match with manny rose usos won obviously and the bar won uh, and then we had the u.s title match it was samojo andrade R-Truth and Rey Mysterio. Samoa Joe won that match. It was okay. Could have been much better. Uh, Then we had the women's tag team battles. Boston Hug Connection against Nia Jax and Tamina. Beth Phoenix was doing guest commentary for this match. So that was pretty cool. It was an okay match. I mean, we'd seen them fight on Raw so many times. It's like there was nothing special about this match. Uh, But then, you know, Nia and Tamina got in Beth Phoenix's face. They got into it. Started to beat her up. And then... Natalia came out to rescue her. Because that's her best friend. And then she got beat up. And more on that when I get to Monday Night Raw in a little bit. And we had the triple threat WWE title match. It was a good match. Could have been much better. Um, of course Danny Ryan won. Uh, oh yeah. And it was Mustafa Ali and Kevin Owens. Uh, were the opponents. And again it was a good match. Could have been better. Considering who was in the match. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, Dana Bryan won. And then we had Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, where if Becky wins, she's inserted into the women's championship match at WrestleMania, making it a triple threat. And, you know, Becky was selling the injured knee throughout the whole match. Ronda Rousey showed up, and she punched Becky Lynch, which, of course, meant Charlotte is disqualified and Becky Lynch is the winner, and becky lynch is in the women's championship match at wrestlemania so yay becky and then the main event was shield versus baron corbin bobby lashley and drew mcintyre which i mean we kind of figured you know because they kept building it up last time where are we gonna see the shield because they won't shut up about dean ambrose has not signed a new contract with wwe which little by little is making me start to wonder if it is a scripted thing it is a, making it, if it is a story which either way i don't, I don't know it's interesting <laughs> but um it, it was a, it was a pretty good match i didn't pay much attention to it honestly uh, i was more into whatever the fuck i was doing on the laptop during that part of the show <laughs> i mean well like i said overall it's just what's, why do we even need Fast Lane? Every year it's it's one of the the, the one of the shittier pay per views on the WWE calendar. So why do we even need to have this pay per view? Whatever. But yeah, that was Fast Lane and again it was okay. But yeah, and we had Monday Night Raw, where the opening segment was the farewell address for the S.H.I.E.L.D., and they all said their goodbyes, and, you know, that they're a brotherhood, you know, can never break them, and whatever the fuck. And, you know, Roman Reigns was saying that, you know, I'm gonna do my thing. You know, have my first one-on-one match on Monday Night Raw in five months. Uh, Dean is going to go with what Dean does, and then Seth, you got some, some business to take care of. And, you know, Seth started talking about Brock Lesnar, which drew Paul Heyman out to cut, you know, a classic Paul Heyman promo, building up Brock Lesnar as the unconquerable beast. Naming off all, then they named him in, Rollins built up all, named dropped off all the names of every big man that broke his face, and then Seth brought up, you know, but, you know, he struggled with AJ Styles, he struggled with Daniel Bryan, he struggled with Finn Balor, and of course, you know, again, Paul Heyman being the, the, the best promo guy that he is, you know, saying like, yeah, he struggled then, but only because he had one week's notice to prepare for them. Which is true, because when he fought, because it was supposed to be against Jinder Mahal at Survivor Series 2017, until AJ Styles won the title, the WWE title, on that that SmackDown the week before, and it became him and AJ Styles. And then Survivor Series 2018, it was supposed to be him and AJ Styles, until Danny Bryan won the WWE title the week before this time, and then it was Danny Bryan against Brock Lesnar. And then... At the Royal Rumble, it was supposed to be Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman, then Braun got his title match taken away from him, and Finn Balor was inserted, and that was a yeah about a week, week and a half ish, before the pay per view, so yeah, and those were all great matches too by the way, and but basically Seth Rollins's point was, that you know guys my size, you know Brock Brock tends to struggle, which, I mean you can see that I mean. Recently there was the um, the no way out 24 2004 episode on the something to wrestle with podcast with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson <laughs> and they brought up that with like I've been saying with the smaller opponents Brock just is just he's at his best and I really believe that cuz again He was awesome with Finn Balor. He was awesome with Daniel Bryan. Awesome with AJ Styles. He was awesome with CM Punk at SummerSlam 2013, and he was awesome with Eddie Guerrero at No Way Out 2004. I don't know something about these, the the smaller opponents in versus Brock Lesnar. I I don't know, but yeah, great promo from Paul Heyman as he usually is, and then towards the end of that segment. We had, we had the surprise appearance of Shelton Benjamin coming in and, you know, taking Seth Rollins to Suplex City. And that was a that led to them having a one-on-one match after they came back from the commercial break, which was a pretty good match. Uh, I'm not even looking at the results right now, but scroll through the pictures that I have saved on here for this. So I don't even remember who won the match. I think Seth Rollins won. And if he won, either way, it was a fun match getting to see them fight each other. And then we had uh, Finn Balor defending the Intercontinental Championship against Bobby Lashley, and Finn Balor lost to Bobby Lashley, which I don't know what it, what it's gonna mean for Finn Balor going into WrestleMania, but we shall see. And it's just the way he w- lost the belt was stupid. It was because he was distracted to, by Leo Rush ringing the bell like a little like a, like a little like a little bratty little shit child, you know. <laughs> And that distracted him, and then he got speared by Lashley and lost, and uh, whatever. Then we had Rada Rousey come out, you know, doing a promo where we're supposed to believe that this is her going off script, which, if it is, then all right, cool. Uh, But then... Dana Brooke showed up trying to defend the women's division of WWE, saying that, you know, Ronda Rousey is insulting the women's division, insulting the WWE, insulting the WWE universe, and she's gonna defend their honor, and then Ronda Rousey fucked her up, too, and I don't know, is it just me or, like, her Ronda Rousey's punches are a little more stiff now? You know, that these are shoot punches, not working punches? Uh, whatever. It was an okay segment. Uh, (sighs) <sighs> yeah, I'm just gonna say right now, I mean, I, I'm only a little excited for Wrestlemania. Just, that they only got four weeks to build up to it at this point, and it's, not, they're not really doing a great job in my opinion. It might just be me, but that's just how I feel. They're not really, because between January and now, the only matches they really cared about before going into Wrestlemania. Universal title match, Raw Wims title match. Those are the only two. Everything else got pushed to the side because of Elimination Chamber and Fastlane. (laughs) But, whatever. Um, And then we had a tag match with Alistair Black and Ricochet versus Bobby Roode and Chad Cable. I barely paid attention. Honestly, I didn't care. I don't even remember who won. Uh, But then the revival came out and they fucked up, you know, Alistair Black and uh, Ricochet. And then we had the Moment of Bliss segment, where it was hyped up that Alexa Bliss was going to reveal the host of WrestleMania 35, and then revealed herself to be the host. Which was predictable, but pretty funny. So, I guess, you know, maybe they're being cautious because she's still not 100% ready to be, you know, back in the ring full time. But, you know... Hey, they're keeping her on the show. They're keeping her busy, and I'm okay with that. You know, I like Alexa Bliss, so I don't mind it at all. And then we had a segment with Braun Strowman backstage where he was given a gift by Colin Jost from SNL, which you know if y'all saw the Raw last the week before, y'all already know what the fuck that's about. And they gave him uh, a Chevy Camaro, I believe it was, uh, which. Which, interestingly enough, looks exactly like the action figure set of Braun Strowman with the car that he is supposed to destroy the car in the toy set. It's just interesting. That's just a little interesting. I don't know if that was an intentional thing, but of course, you know, Braun Strowman destroys the car on Raw. But it's just, again, as soon as I saw that it was a red. Camaro looking vehicle. Or what, I, I swear it was a Camaro or it could have been a Mustang, I'm not sure. But it looked just like the car that's in the toy set. And it's like, okay, clever marketing right there. Get people to buy the, get ki- fit families to get the toy set for their kids, and, you know, that'll be fun. You know, good little marketing right there. And of course, it's gonna lead to whatever the fuck's gonna happen with him and Colin Jones at WrestleMania 35, which. <sighs> I don't know, we'll see what happens. And then we had Natalia versus Nia Jax, where Beth Phoenix was in Natalia's corner, and this just led to, you know, Beth Phoenix getting in their ring and trying to fuck up Nia Jax, and this led to, you know, Nia Jax and Tamina fucking up Beth and Natalia, and then it led to a backstage brawl with them and uh, Boss and Hug Connection, which. Yeah, we'll see what this means for Wrestlemania. And then we had the segment with Triple H and Batista. Which, it was a good segment. But, I mean, 90% of it was just Batista saying, give me what I want. And I've already seen all the memes and funny edited videos with that. Yeah, especially if you follow WrestleBotch on Instagram. And they have a funny edited version of the vi- of that segment where it makes it like... Batista wants Triple H, like he wants Triple H, and oh god, no, that video was funny. Um, but um, of course we got the official Triple H and Batista WrestleMania, which we already knew this was gonna, this was the plan way back uh, on the Sm- SmackDown anniversary show back in uh, October. So yeah, um. I'm excited for it. It's gonna be no holds barred, so of course, you know, that's when that's where Triple H usually is in his element. So we'll see how this this match goes, and the way they're building it up, it's pretty obvious Triple H is gonna win this one because Triple H has never beaten Batista on WWE pay per view. So this is that's gonna be what the big thing is. <laughs> And then, oh, but well, also before I go, move on to the next segment. One of my favorite parts of the of that se- the, that segment with Triple H and Batista. The Triple H, because Batista came out with security guards for his protection and all this and that. Because remember, he's a big Hollywood guy now, and Triple H referred to them as the guardians of the independent scene. <laughs> oh, I love that. That was awesome. Anyway, the next segment we had. Kurt Angle come out, and it was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Kurt Angle's hometown, where he was announcing that at WrestleMania, it'll be his farewell match, which, I mean, I mean, he kind of did that in Impact, where he had, he was on his farewell tour, but that was his farewell from Impact, because of course, he came to WWE a year, a year later, being inducted into Hall of Fame, broad General Manager for two years, and yeah, but... I, feel, I think this one is going to be like his official retirement retirement from pro wrestling. <laughs> Which, I mean, hey, he's been doing it for almost 20 years. So, you know, he has nothing left to prove to any of us. He, He's a two-time Hall of Famer with Impact and with WWE. So, you know, he's one of my favorites. One of my, I think he's in my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. <laughs> Uh, and if not, he's at he's at he's definitely in the top ten. <laughs> but um, yeah, and he's gonna have, he's gonna have his little farewell tour over the next few weeks, and had his first match on this little tour against Apollo Cruz, which was a pretty good match. Um, and of course, everyone is speculating on who his match is gonna be at WrestleMania. I personally would love it to be John Cena because John Cena's debut main roster match in WWE. Was against Kurt Angle, and I feel like that would just be a fitting way for Kurt Angle's career to close by being by having fighting the guy that you know that had his debut match against him, you know. <laughs> but we shall see. I mean, to me, that's that's the fit, the fitting match to end Kurt Angle's career with. And, and then we had the main event match that. Uh, because, well, because Roman Reigns, he was going to come out and have a match with Baron Corbin. It didn't happen because he got beat up by Drew McIntyre. And Dean Ambrose got angry, demanded a false can anywhere match with Drew McIntyre. And that's the match we got. Uh, it was a very, very good match. It went all over the arena. And, you know, for it literally being a last minute match on the show, it was, you know, a pretty brutal match. And I, and I loved every minute of it. Um... Now, there was a couple of gnarly little moments in here, uh, particularly one that was uh, that they were on the commentator's table. Um, uh, Drew took a pencil and, like, poked Dean Ambrose in the eye with the eraser side of it, I believe. Which, I mean, obviously he didn't actually poke him in the eye with anything, but it's just... Uh, I mean, if you've, if you've seen The Dark Knight, you know... You, you you already know you know, what you already know what I was thinking about for that segment. And but yeah, it was a good match and Drew McIntyre won and it en- and Raw ended with uh, like the railing on the stairs next next to the ramp that he had Dean's head stuck in the railing and he did the the claymore kick to him right there. So um, it's speculated that it's gonna be Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania, so we shall see. But moving on to SmackDown. Oh, shit. Sorry. Almost knocked my microphone out of place. i got to adjust my legs. My legs are falling asleep right now. The <laughs> way I'm sitting here. Uh, anyways. Yeah, moving on to SmackDown Live. Uh, I'm 20 minutes into this already. Well, 22 minutes into it. And I'm only just now getting to SmackDown. Uh, like I said, I had a lot of stuff to talk about on here. So... That's why I have the timestamps on there. If you want to skip ahead to the good shit after me finishing with WWE, go right ahead again. I will not be offended. I understand. I do it too. Um. yeah, SmackDown opened up with Shane McMahon cutting a promo about why he did what he did to The Miz because he feels like his entire life, everyone has used him to get ahead in their lives. Like, you know... Which, hey, I can understand, and I'm sure it's true, to you know, for the most part. Because, you know, he's the, son, the billionaire son of billionaire Vince McMahon. And, you know, he has an executive position within the company. So, of course, people that want to get ahead in the company go to Shane, like, hey, can you help me out? <laughs> yeah, and, of course, he has the best-in-the-world World Cup trophy from the Crown Jewel pay-per-view. And he was saying that, you know, I'm not the best in the world because of this trophy. I'm the best in the world because I was born. I was born in, into it, or whatever the fuck. So, yeah, basically was bragging about how great it felt to beat the shit out of Miz. Especially in front of his dad and his hometown. So, yeah, we have their match officially announced for WrestleMania. I look forward to it. It's going to be a f- interesting match because... You know, we've only, we've seen only one time, one other time that they tried a babyface Miz run, and that was in early 2013, and it worked, but didn't really work. I don't know. I got a little bit of, little tickle in me throat. But, um. Uh, but then we had, uh, it was supposed to be a, uh. An 8-man tag match. It was going to be. Alice Black and Ricochet. Teaming with the Hardy Boys. Against Shinsuke Nakamura. And Rusev. And The Bar. (laughs) But The New Day decided to come out. And fuck everybody up. Pretty much. Um, Because they were angry with Vince McMahon. And uh, they wanted the whole world to know it. And then we had a nice segment. With Randy Orton. Calling out AJ Styles. uh, And. Where he was basically saying like you know oh AJ Styles says SmackDown is the house that AJ Styles built, and then Randy Orton ran off a couple of his own accolades while comparing them to AJ Styles saying like oh when you were wrestling in you know armories and high school gyms I was you know debuting on the on the WWE when you were wrestling in the bingo halls uh, I was lear- I was learning from from Triple H, and Batista, and Ric Flair when you were down in Florida, you know, working on your tan with Dixie Carter, uh, I was fighting The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, it was a good segment, and it, it felt, honestly, it felt pretty genuine, too. And then AJ Styles came out and was talking about... Uh, like, yes, 15 years on the indies, you know, and I'm proud of it, you know, that someone like you, you know, couldn't, couldn't, you know, cut it on the indie scene, and then he mocked his little pose, and then said, and then said he had a half-assed diamond cutter, you know, or something like that, rip-off diamond cutter, uh, and then Randy was like, oh, like, you've never ripped anybody off, and then he did the, the, the too sweet, you know, bullet club click sign, which, you know, of course, everybody knew what that meant when he did that. Uh, and, you know, of course, we have their match officially confirmed for WrestleMania now, so... That's gonna be a fun match as well. And I look very much forward to that. And then the next segment we had was... Sonny DeVille taking on Asuka this time. And, you know, Asuka won. And again, more of those seats planted with Sonny DeVille and Mandy Rose. Uh, how long they're gonna keep it going, I'm not sure. Um, maybe it'll come down to them in the women's battle royal at Wrestlemania, uh, where one one of them is gonna do something, and then that's when the other decides, fuck this shit, and then they just go apeshit on each other. Uh, yeah, I'm intrigued by that story, and we'll see where it goes. And then we had Becky Lynch come out, and, you know, Becky Lynch basically saying, like, yeah, I played Ronda and Charlotte like a fiddle, because she got Ronnie- as she likes to call her, to do her, to do to to basically get her into the match, <laughs> and hey, it was an okay segment. It was what it was. And Charlotte came out and you know did a Charlotte a, a basic Charlotte promo, which again it was what it was. <laughs> and then we had uh, another we had another match with uh, Andrade and Samojo taking on r Truth and Rey Mysterio in a tag match. Uh, Rey Mysterio got the pin in this one. Samojo flipped the fuck out and just beat the shit out of R-Truth and Andrade after that. Mm. Pretty decent match. I didn't pay much attention to this one either. But then we had the main event. It was uh, Kevin... I almost said Kevin Smith. Kevin Owens and uh, Mustafa Ali versus Daniel Bryan and Rowan. And that's... that's a, L- Eric Rowan, Rowan, whatever you want to call him. I'm really liking the, his the shirts that he's been wearing since he joined up with with daniel one he's it's like he he seems like he's a big metalhead, or is it just me anyway but yeah it was a pretty fun match good match i enjoyed it and then after the match uh kofi kingston and new day came out because Vince man said that he had an opportunity for kofi for wrestlemania and the WWE championship they came out and then kofi probably gave it the best promo of his career where he basically said that he ought everything like getting passed up and all this other stuff that's going on happen to him in his career he never complained you know, because he loves WWE. And says, you know, that I've, he's like, I've never been trick-or-treating with my kids. You know, that I was not, I was not, I was not there to see my son lose his tooth and then you know, see the excitement on his face when he saw the money that the tooth fairy left him under his pillow. You know, because I've been here and I've, but, and I've never complained. And, and then, <sighs> echoing the lines that Danny Bryan had heard in 2013 and 2014, <laughs> Vince said that Kofi Kingston is a B-plus player. Ah. Man, don't you just love the continuity and consistency like that? Because remember, when Daniel Bryan was in the pursuit of the, of the WWE title, he was he, they said he was a B-plus player. And now, Daniel Bryan is the WWE champion. He's the A-player. And Kofi Kingston is B-plus. But then Vince said, opportunity to face anyone for the WWE Championship WrestleMania, you have to beat Randy Orton. You have to beat Samoa Joe. You have to beat Sheamus. You have to beat Cesaro. You have to beat Rowan in a gauntlet match. And, hey. That's going to be an interesting one coming up this Tuesday on SmackDown Live. I look very much forward to that and all the crazy shit that's going to go down from that. Um... But yeah, we've you know the officially confirmed th- from these pay per views this week. We have Triple H and Batista for WrestleMania, Shane and Miss WrestleMania, and we finally got the official you know Triple Threat Women's Championship match for WrestleMania. Arch, no, I want to say, Arch with Randy Orton and AJ Styles for WrestleMania. So WrestleMania's is looking pretty pretty good. I'm still not I'm still not feeling the WrestleMania hype just yet, but it's gonna it looks like it's gonna be pretty good. We also have Cred Angle and whoever he's gonna face. I, I, I hope it's John Cena. Then Buddy Murphy defending his Cruiserweight title against whoever wins the tor- the tournament on two oh five live. Uh and all the other matches that we'll see what's gonna happen. Yeah, you know, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Uh and then we also got the newest inductees for the wwe hall of fame class of 2019 and it is harlem heat uh, stevie ray and booker t to them they are they were one of my favorite tag teams back in the 90s in wcw mm-hmm. uh, and it's awesome to see them get their uh their res- their honors and respects here and now booker t becomes the third man to be a two-time inductee for the wwe hall of fame because Rick Flair got inducted by himself in 2008 and then with The Four Horsemen in 2012. Shawn Michaels got inducted by himself in 2011. He's getting inducted with DX this year. Booker T got inducted by himself in 2013 and he's getting inducted as part of Harlem Heat this year. So, awesome for them. Alright, what else do I have on my little list over here? Uh, yeah, the Aladdin trailer. The, the first official full-length trailer. Aladdin trailer and um, well, it looks like the f- visual effects were a little more polished than this one a lot more than in the the soup that the Super Bowl spot or was it the uh, the spot that they had from the Oscars yeah I think it was from the Oscars right uh, where we saw Will Smith as the genie for the first time and yeah the visual effects on the air looked a lot better and I mean the only thing that's kind of me- making me not feel so hype. for me... I'm, I'm probably going to see it anyways, regardless, but... <clears throat> but, um... Just the guy that's playing Jafar... I mean... I mean... It, it, I mean, he doesn't look intimidating, but... You know, I can excuse that, but... His voice that he... That, he, that from the trailers that I've been... You know, I don't know his name. I haven't seen him in anything else that I can remember off the top of my head. But his voice... I mean Jafar's voice. I thought it was supposed to be an intimidating voice, and he's supposed to be the villain, of course, because you know, if you saw the the Aladdin film from the '90s, you already know how the story goes. But I don't know. I mean, I mean the guy that's playing Aladdin. He looks he looks great. He looks the part. You know, I don't mind him. And, uh, and then Becky G playing Jasmine. Whew, whew, yeah. Um, but hey, I'm gonna see it because. I like I do enjoy these Disney movies and I've enjoyed the live action remakes of these movies. I enjoyed the Cinderella movie from a few years ago with Kate Blanchett and whoever the hell the other chick was that played Cinderella, I don't remember. Uh, I enjoyed the Beauty and the Beast remake. I enjoyed the The Jungle Book and I look forward to watching this one, and also for the the uh, Lion King coming out this summer, uh, and Dumbo coming out this month as well. Uh, I think it's actually coming out this weekend or next weekend. Mm. Either way, you know, those are the I'm 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 more I'm more excited to see Dumbo and Lion King than I am for Aladdin. But I'm I'm gonna end up seeing all of them anyways. Mm. Not sure if I'm gonna see all of them in the theater, but you know, I'm gonna see them at some point. <laughs> Uh, and then continuing with the trailers, we had the second official full-length trailer for Avengers Endgame. And in this one, we got to see a little bit more of the film. Again, they're, they're trying very hard not to give too much away of, of the story. And I love that they're doing that because I want to be surprised by everything that happens in the movie. Mm. And in this one, they presented it with like black and white flashbacks from the previous films you know to like illustrate you know basically where they came from and compared to now i like that part that was pretty cool um we did get to see them wearing the what we expected was the quantum suits the white suits that we kept seeing in all those badly photoshopped images we finally we got to see them in at the actual costumes in the trailer here and i mean actually seeing it in live action it doesn't look as bad as those those photoshopped images that were, you know, quote, leaked online months ago. Right. Um, you know, obviously, again, it's gonna be... is gonna have something to do with the Quantum Realm, because we know that's gonna play a significant part in the story for Endgame. And then we also got to see Captain Marvel at the end of the trailer. You know, where so far... You know, she looks better in the, in the, than she did in the, in the actual Captain Marvel movie. I mean... And I don't know about you guys, and I've I've you know seen other heard other people agree with me too about this, but the Russo brothers seem to do better with some of these characters than than like the other direct like like the way like I'll perfect example I, the way I'll use is how B- Black Panther was portrayed in Civil War. He was fucking badass and awesome. I mean, he wasn't it's not that he was bad in his own movie, but just he was a, he was a lot he was he was to me he was cooler in Civil War, and I loved it. <laughs> And then in Infinity War, after what we saw from Thor Ragnarok, Thor was an absolute badass in Infinity War. Same with Doctor Strange. I mean, the the first Doctor Strange movie, it had its cool moments. Could have been a lot better. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. Uh, And then in Infinity War, Doctor Strange was also fucking badass. (laughs) Uh, So I trust the Russo brothers that they're going to... Take what I liked about the Captain Captain Marvel character from Captain Marvel movie, and you know crank it up and make her even more badass. So I look forward to that. Uh, and then continuing with more of these trailers, uh, we had the Chinese trailer for Shaz- for Shazam, where we got to see if some more scenes. Again, not shown too much, like with Eng- just like Endgame, mm. and and we did they did show the little clip that made the internet flip the fuck out two months ago. Uh, with the little kid playing with the Batman and Superman toy. Uh, where... Oh, sorry, just... I had a little cat hair flying across my face. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, he was playing with a Batman and a Superman toy humming the John Williams music. They sh- It's in the Chinese trailer. When I saw that, I'm just like... This is what everyone flipped out over? Really? Uh, but you know, according to David S. Sandberg on Twitter, he says... In the actual movie, there is no humming. It's just it was just added for the trailer. So, again, why did everyone flip the fuck out over it? Whatever. You know, but the little in the trailer, the, I, what I enjoyed was, you know how like you know in pretty much every big superhero movie they have the villain speech, where they're like several feet apart from each other and the villain gives the the big speech about what he's gonna do. Well, in this one, they kind of make fun of it where. Like, they're in the sky, face-to-face face with each other, but they're, like, a great distance apart. Dr. Savannah is giving his villain speech, and then Shazam is on the other side, like, like, what? Are, are you giving me some kind of villain speech right now? Because I can't hear you at all. We're, like, a mile apart. Oh, I'm telling I'm t- I'm t- I'm t- you, Sh- Shazam is gonna be an awesome movie it's gonna be one of the best movies of this year i'm predicting it to be one of the absolute best movies this year and it's it is one of the movies that i'm most looking forward to this year it's shazam Endgame, spider-man far from home uh dark phoenix because you know since we're actually yeah we're gonna get it i'm very curious to see how it's gonna go uh live action lion king the joker movie and star wars episode 9 which at the star wars celebration coming up soon we're probably going to learn what the name is and see the first trailer for it as well. And I look forward to that whenever that does happen. <laughs> but yeah, Shazam. Uh, they have an early screening come for next weekend on the 23rd. So if anyone is going to get to go to that, hope y'all have fun. I and I checked, try to see if I can if they're going to do it in my town over here and no, they're not. But I'll be there opening weekend regardless. So I'm willing to wait the extra 2 weeks to to see it in the in the theater opening weekend. So everyone that goes to see it next weekend for that early screening please don't spoil it for those of us who aren't gonna go that's all i ask (sighs) and then again concluding with the trailers here uh the trailer for the animated batman versus teenage mutant Ninja turtles movie which i'd heard about it and was very curious about it it's you know a joint a joint venture with Warner Brothers and Nickelodeon, because of course Nickelodeon owns the, the you know Ninja Turtles prop you know intellectual properties, for the TV show and the, some of the animated movies, and um, it looks interesting. It's a very interesting concept that I, I mean they, I mean they've they've had some of the comic books where the Ninja Turtles cross over with some of the DC characters, so it's not like it's completely a new idea. It's just it's. Fascinating that they're actually doing it in the movie, and I look—I f- am very much looking forward to it after seeing the trailer. And uh, looked up some of the na- the voices that are, d- are going to be in the movie, and found out that Troy Baker, who is you know of course most famous uh, for Joel from The Last of Us, uh, and maybe Sam Drake from the Uncharted 4 and Uncharted: Lost Legacy. <coughs> Spoilers if you haven't played Lost Legacy yet. Uh, and, yeah, he's going to be voicing Batman and the Joker. And, you know, of course, he, he voiced the the Joker in Arkham Origins video game, which was, he did a pretty good job. He sounded all, very close to Mark Hamill's Joker voice. But, of course, nobody can do it like Mark Hamill. But, you know, I'm intrigued by it. And they feature a lot of uh, Batman's villains in there, his rogues gallery, and a lot of references to the Ninja Turtles movies as well in the trailer. Um... Uh, that they have the the T C R I uh, canister like in Ninja Turtles two, uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, nice little little Easter egg for us nineties Ninja Turtles fans. Uh, and I, whenever that comes out on Blu Ray or on the DC Universe service, I'll I'm definitely gonna check it out. Uh, and speaking of DC Universe service, I just want to say Doom Patrol. I am really loving Doom Patrol. It's it seriously is one of the, I mean I mean Titans was the reason I joined the DC Universe service, and I loved fucking love Titans, and then Doom Patrol, I I have loved it so much so far, and uh, just had episode five this week, uh, watched it uh, as soon as I came home from work, uh, as and I loved it, and I'm looking forward to what the future brings and and. Speaking of more uh news from the DC Universe stuff. Um I'm trying to think remember what the guy's name was. Um uh that he's the one that he played the Butterface's dad on uh How to Get Away with Murder. Um the Hispanic one that he's going to he's going to be Deathstroke on season 2 of Titans. And Again, again, his name escapes me, but all, that's all I can think of. he he's the dad on How to How to Get Away with Murder of the Hispanic girl that was dating Wes, and he had Wes killed. Spoilers if you haven't seen How to Get Away with Murder, uh, but yeah, you know, that's cool. I'm I am a fan of the guy. I just wish I could remember his name off the top of my head. I mean, it's three in the morning that I'm recording this. I, you know. I decided to wait until after Dave the film junkie's vodka stream conclu- concluded so that I can record this uh, if you're if you don't subscribe to him I encourage you all to check him out he does the vodka stream every Friday night usually between 11 p.m. eastern time and 1 a.m eastern time on on the if you live on the east coast uh, and he lives on the west coast so of course it's much earlier than than that over there. Uh, but yeah, y'all should ch- check him out, subscribe to him, enjoy his videos, uh, and his his podcast that he does as well. Um, but yeah, anyways, more of the DC news, I guess you can consider this part of DC news. Uh, that according to an article that I found through Lad Bible, that Ben Affleck is still inter- very much inter- interested in in directing a DC Comics a superhero movie even though he's, he's no longer gonna be Batman as of right now. And, you know what? Cool. If he's not gonna be Batman, as much as that sucks because I loved him in Batman v Superman and his couple of scenes that he had in Suicide Squad, you know what? He's a great director. Let him direct a movie. Hell, have him- if he, if they're gonna do a, a Green Arrow movie, have him direct Green Arrow. That would be a great one. Uh. I mean, he did the Triple Frontier uh, with Charlie Hunnam. Have him convince Charlie Hunnam to come up with, to finally be Green Arrow, and he'll direct him in the Green Arrow movie. That would be awesome. Uh, and I'll have the link to that story in below, as well as the article from Variety, where uh, they chronicled his evolution uh, from Dazed and Confused to Triple Frontier, is what the name of it is. Uh Uh, if y'all want to check that one out, because, you know, everyone's very... I don't know what it is, but everyone's making a big deal about that article. Um, But another little story that's been making the rounds since, again, glad that I decided to wait until Friday evening to get started on this, but an apparent rumor going around from The Hollywood Reporter exclusively, apparently, that Ezra Miller has been working on a new script for The Flash movie with... Comic book writer Grant Morrison, um, of course Grant Morrison, famous is very famous in the DC Comics world, and um, great writer. And he's working with Ezra to write a darker story for the Flash movie. And you know Ezra Miller, he he's a, he is a fan of the Flash. You know that video that came out. That's been making the rounds recently, where while he was on the it was it was from last year while he was touring for the second Fantastic Beasts movie, doing press tour for that, where he talked about the what what they're trying to do with the Flash movie and he he's you can tell he loves the character and that he is a genuine fan of the character and that he cares so much about being the character, because like he says you know the one thing about Barry Allen is that he's always late but when he shows up he gets things done, and that is pretty much. The, you know, the essential character traits of Barry Allen. Um, and and to me, that just it shows you that he is a real fan and he un- understands the character. Um, uh, and I just, I... If this is true that he's writing a, a script with Grant Morrison for the Flash movie and presenting it to Warner Brothers, I hope that they will accept the script because if you want to make a great comic book movie and it's being co-written by the a comic book writer, just let him have it, y'all, come on, especially Grant Morrison, he's fucking awesome, my god, (sighs) but also the, the rumor is that if WWE, WWE, WB, Warner Brothers doesn't accept the script, that Ezra will drop from the Flash movie, which, if Warner Brothers is smart, they won't risk that. Especially because they have him. T- it's t- he's tied to two franchises that Warner Brothers owns. Warner Brothers owns. If the- he's in the Fantastic Beasts movies, and he's in the Justice League, Flash movies. If they're smart, they would. They don't want to risk hi- upsetting him with one franchise, and having the potential for him to drop out of the other franchise. Because if if they don't give him what he wants with f- the Flash, he might he might drop out of Fantastic Beasts, as well. Now, to me, I mean, Warner Brothers, they've made some very questionable choices with regards to the DCEU. Uh, I I do understand that. I get that. I understand the fans' frustrations with it. But, you know, only so many times that you can fool yourselves with this kind of thing. (sighs) And I guess I'll conclude this with the biggest comic book news. Well, I... Well, un- unless you consider the Flash story bigger than this, but the one has been making the most rounds all over Twitter from Variety.com. I'll have the link to that in the description, and I'll have the link, the Hollywood Reporter link for the Flash as a Miller story in there as well. That James Gunn has been rehired by Warner Brothers. No, sorry. Not by Warner Brothers. Ah, see, that's what happens when I'm recording so late on Friday night, evening, going into Saturday. Uh, James Gunn. Has been rehired by Marvel Studios and Disney to, to return and direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. After intense negotiations, apparently. Huh. Now you know what? I know this is dividing a lot of fans out there. Especially the, the DC fans who were not happy about him being involved in the Suicide Squad sequel. And wanted him to be to just drop out of that and whatever. You know, especially because, especially because people still want to hold those tweets that he held against him with the pedophile jokes and all that, uh, saying that he himself is a pedophile. No, I don't say that he's a pedophile. Yeah, his jokes were horrible, In bad taste. He should, he should have, he should definitely regret making those jokes. Um, but I don't think he's a pedophile like some of these fans do. Um, but you know what? Great, let him finish his Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy, you yeah. know, and then after that, y'all can do whatever the fuck you want with him. Uh, and my understanding is he's going to be st- he is going to direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and still be and still be involved in the Suicide Squad movie. That whether he's going to be directing Suicide Squad, to, I don't know, uh, but at the very least, they would be using his script is my understanding, and maybe he'd be a producer if he's not going to be the director. Either way, is this? I'm intrigued and fasc- fascinated by the idea that he's going to be doing Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 3 and Suicide Squad 2, that he's going to be working on a Marvel Cinematic Universe film and a DC Extended Universe film. I don't know, is this just, just weird to say that out loud? And to realize that that is, really what is happening and could be happening, um, I'm intrigued by it. It's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out over the next few years. Because, I mean, with Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, he, would already be, he was already working on it because he already had the script, you know, written out, locked in, turned into to, to Disney and Marvel Studios. Only thing that 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 they were wait that needed to happen was get started on on the production part of it you know, principal photography and all that. So, basically it's like it would just be returning to work for that movie. So, and it's probably and it would take him maybe 2 years to make the movie cuz, you know, visual effects and all that and getting like making sure the cast is available for for the for the scheduled, you know, principal photography time frame. You know? so, depending on which film he gets started on first, you know, we could see Suicide Squad two and Guardians of the Galaxy three, e- with either a year apart or you hell even within the same year of each other. We could s- start the year with Suicide Squad and the year with Guardians of the Galaxy. Who knows? Um, and hey, like I said, I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm not like the, the the blind fanboys with their hatred and all that who are just shitting on this completely, thinking that Jeff that that uh that Jeff Johns and and Kevin Feige conspired to, to, to implode the DCEU. You know, and this feud with Marvel and DC and the fans and all that. Which I will be talking about on the next podcast. If I decide to do it for next week. I'm still writing out my notes and, and script for that one. Uh, I'll let you guys know if I'm going to definitely do it next week. Or put it off for another date. Because I'm still writing out my my notes for that one. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I got for that one. Yeah, hope you all enjoyed hearing what I had to say on this one. Told you I had a lot to talk about on this one. Uh, yeah, and like I said, I'm glad that I waited until you know, Friday evening, so I can have more of this stuff to talk about. Because if I would recorded it Wednesday or Thursday night, like I was originally going to, then I would have missed out on the story with Ezra Miller and James Gunn. And I'm... You know what? Like I said, I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea of James Gunn working on Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy. That's, that's gonna be fun, to see those movies. Uh, but yeah, as of right now, I... I, the plan is to have my Marvel vs. DC Part 2 podcast up for next week or, or this coming week. Uh, and Whether or not I actually get to have that up this coming week, again I will let you guys know via Twitter or Facebook if you have me on Facebook. Um, and again, follow me on Twitter at IamFontitude. So you know, keep up with all the information that I have for that. Uh, and also, if you haven't Purchase your you know Zach, the new Zack Snyder shirt from InkToThePeople dot com. I have the link in the description for that as well, and as well as the information from the Zack Snyder Directors Cuts event. Uh, in case anyone is curious to learn more about that, I don't know if it's completely sold out yet. Still, I haven't checked the link. You know, what? let me check it out right now while I'm while I'm here. Uh, let's see, let's see if it's completely sold out. Um, I believe that it might be, but I'm not sure. Um, Let me see, register today. Let me see what it says here. (laughs) Uh, Loading, 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 loading. Alright, it says it's... Uh, the the weekend pass is sold out. This and then the uh, sold out for Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, but they still have opening spots available for Dawn of the Dead and The Watchmen. So you know, anyone that's interested in attending those two, then hey, go. Hope you y'all have fun. And Everyone that is going to be attending one or all one, two or all three nights, hope you all have the best time ever. Cause it sounds like it's going to be an awesome weekend, and I really wish that I could go to it. Cause you know, again, I love Zack Snyder and I love all of his movies, and getting to see the direct all these three director's cut films would be awesome. So yeah. I hope you all have fun there, and again, I'll have the link in the description for more information on that if y'all want to check it out. And I'll have the uh, let me see where we are on the sales of the the new T-shirt here. Because uh, when I when I made my purchase of it, uh, I was doing pretty good. It was at sixty. It was at six thousand whatever. And as of right now, it is at. Uh, Twelve thousand six hundred and eighty dollars raised so far with six hundred and thirty shirts sold. I already have my purchased, and hopefully I will be receiving it soon. And there's still about nine days left. Well, just just under nine days left uh, for the shirt for you guys to purchase it. I'm assuming it's because you know it'll go all all the way up until the the event then after that, maybe they might extend it like they did the All the Gods shirt. Uh, but we'll see. And uh, yes, and then after that, I have my podcast where I'll be talking about what I believe to be the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. And then the week after that, I have my I'll have two podcasts up. For one will be talking about the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2019 because that, that by then we will have all the inductees announced. And the next day, I will have my predictions for WrestleMania 35. Uh, so that's going to be a fun one. Hopefully, we'll start to learn more matches for WrestleMania uh, this over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, this next week on Raw and SmackDown, we'll get to hear more of the what's going to be happening in WrestleMania because again, they got only like three or four weeks left for WrestleMania, so they they really got to you know start start you know knocking it out the park with these with the matches here. But, yeah, you know, thank you all for watching and listening and subscribing to me. I appreciate every single one of you who do subscribe and how all of you who do, you know, listen to me and watch my videos every week. You know, appreciate it very much. I genuinely do. Um, and like, share, subscribe. Hit me up on all my social media. It's in the description as well. Uh, Hope you all have a lovely weekend and a lovely week, and I'll see you all next time.